So, Paul, I see you're recording. Um, yes, I am also recording now. Okay. I was waiting for you to mention that you were recording, but uh, oh, I mean, I figured you know, that the, I felt the, like I felt like I could just be waiting here all day for you to uh, chime in. Just saying. yes, you probably could. Okay. All right. Wait, you boys ready? Yeah. Yep. Make the magic. That's right. Let's do it. Uh, uh. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And I am Andrew. So, guys, uh, my uh, dog, Walter, uh, passed away on Thursday. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I wrote about it on my Instagram, but there was there was a, a part of that story that I didn't include that I wanted to save for right here on the Funny Book Show. Nice. Uh, okay. You know, uh, Walter had been in declining health for the last nine months. And part of his, you know, he, he had uh, arthritis in his uh, back and in his hind legs, which was, you know, limiting his mobility. And so part of his treatment over the last maybe six months had been regular uh, cold, laser, cold laser massage and then an injection uh, that helped him, uh, helped control the pain and, and, uh, gave him some additional mobility. And it was, you know, worked really well. I, when they first told me about the cold, uh, laser, I was like, yeah, that sounds like snake oil, but we'll give it a try. But yeah, it I've was never actually, heard of that. it was actually rather effective. Um, and in these regular, I would take him after we'd record on Saturday morning. So, you know, we, we, it, we got into a cadence of weekly visits and during that time, uh, really started develop Walter really started developing a relationship with the staff mm-hmm. and you know he would you know the the vet techs would come in and they would do they perform the cold laser therapy and you know then afterwards the vet would come in and administer the injection and it got to where it would be you know two of the vet techs would come in one would kind of hold him and scratch on him and whatnot while the other one was doing the cold laser massage. And every time, every time Walter would have the biggest, most gigantic hard on, (laughs) (laughs) he would, I mean, you know, they'd come in, they'd start scratching his chest and, and whatnot. And I mean, you know, he's got these two girls, you know, working on him and he's just got the, you know, the, the tongue lolling out the side of his head and just a massive, massive hard on. I'm sure and you so, have this on Instagram. That's, I don't know why you wouldn't share this with everybody, <laughs> but go on. So we we take him in to uh, have him put to sleep on Thursday because you know things had gotten uh, bad for him, and you know here he is, and you know Walter had had just a a really rough day 
leading up to that. And he, he is sitting on the table and, you know, we're waiting for the vet to come in. And because, you know, he had developed this, re- literally this relationship, with the vet staff, they don't remember our names. They remember Walter's name, right? Yep. I mean, yep. it's all, it's always Walter. Hey, how you doing? Well, uh, one of the vet techs comes in that always administers the cold laser and she comes in and, you know, she's, I just wanted to come in and, and say hello to Walter, you know, uh, before everything happens. And she, the minute she walked in the room, bam, hard on. <laughs> and I'm like, this is aspirational. <laughs> On my last day, I hope I have got just such a massive erection like Walter does because, like I said, aspirational. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I'm sorry if you're lost, but, uh, Aaron. It's that's that's always hard to lose Betty if they've been uh, even if it's been coming for a while. Yeah, and uh, you've had him for a long time. It's it's always hard to lose uh, someone as important in your life as that. But you know, he went out with a, with a massive erection. So, <laughs> so that's the key. That's really <laughs> that's that's the if you're gonna go out, go out. There, yeah, right? I mean, just you know, you know, ha- make sure the lipstick is completely, <laughs> you know. Turned out because, uh, man, <laughs> make it so that the uh, funeral home can't get the casket closed. That is right. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. You know, Aaron, what you know, your I did see your post yesterday, uh-huh. and um, you know, Instagram doesn't have so Facebook a few years back realized, hey, not every post should be liked. Right. Right. Like you don't just give a thumbs up to every post. Sometimes it makes you sad. So they right. Facebook implemented like the sad face emoji, right. you know, so it's like instead of you can hit the like and if you hold your finger down, you can also choose. Oh, I hear I care for you. I'm sad. This makes me laugh. In the absence of that, I saw your post and I'm like, I don't want to click like I'm just going to just keep scrolling. Yeah. Stupid Instagram. You need yeah. an upgrade. Yeah, no, I, 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 I. That frequently I'll see things like that. Well, that's a horrible thing. I just I can't bring yeah, like, myself. Uh, I don't want to like it. Yeah, just keep moving. Yeah. So Andrew, I have a question for you. Yes, Paul. Uh, on a on a different note. Okay. There, there's, there's there's I mean there may be an erection in this story, but it's really <laughs> a massive erection. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. Does it involve West Coast Avengers? It does not. Warhammer. It, it well actually I guess it's a question for Andrew and Wayne. Oh okay. Because you're our our. our Missouri contingent. Oh, yes. Are either of you? No, neither one. I know the answer to this question, but I'm, I'm asking you because you should feel guilty about your answer. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fair. So neither you're of you are them going up. You're to setting the big, them up, Paul. <laughs> neither of you are going to the big St. Louis Battlehawks game tomorrow, are you? No, I'm actually no. going to the uh, Kansas City SKC home opener tonight. So I'm okay. going to be on That's, the other side of the state. That is exciting. I am. Uh, yes. uh, the, the St. Louis Battlehawks, I, I just want you to be aware. So this is an XFL reference for, for yes. you. Um, apparently, they have opened up the 400-level seating of the uh, stadium because so many tickets have sold. It's It's been so popular that they actually literally have to open – the the you know the, the higher seats, levels the clouds yeah uh, I have coworkers that are going to be there for it uh, the first round of XFL before COVID killed it St Louis was the highest selling city for XFL tickets yeah because we don't have a NFL team yeah after you guys lost the Rams right so yep. it's um they're saying upwards of thirty five thousand tickets already sold. 
Well, let's be fair. They lost the they lost the Cardinals first. Then Not they lost fair. the Rams. Now they have the Battlehawks. Now they have the Battlehawks. Let's hope the XFL sticks around <laughs> more than more than six weeks this time. Honestly, yeah, I, mean, I watched more uh, Battlehawks games than I ever did Rams, and Battlehawks were only here for half a season. Yeah, I mean, I think it's exciting. I think St. Louis is a great sports town. Uh, you know, I've been going there to see Blues games and and baseball Cardinals games since I was a little kid, and and I think they support their teams well, especially if they do well. So uh, even before they had an MLS team, they had a uh, USL soccer team, uh, yeah, St. Louis FC, mm-hmm. and yeah, with some of those games, and they're usually packed for the size, uh, you know, venue they had. And just a quick plug: St. Louis City, a brand new expansion MLS team in St. Louis, first year. Uh, they're currently two and zero. Won their first two opening games. Doing great. All right. Well, and Aaron, just for 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 your awareness, the game, the team that St. Louis is is probably going to beat tomorrow is uh, the Arlington Renegades. No. So it's your team. <laughs> your team. My team. Okay. <laughs> your team that you don't care about. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper to go see a Renegades game than a, the Cowboys game, Aaron. You should go and check it out. And no doubt, I, yeah, the uh, the cowboy tickets are just ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah. Go go see. You might see the Rock. Uh huh. You uh-huh. might. He was at the home game in Arlington's, the, where the XFL is headquartered in Arlington. That's right. Yeah. So you can just swing on by and say hi to the Rock's ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because yeah. she owns the league. She, she's his partner in, in the ownership. I, I'm sorry, Aaron. I got to fill you with XFL with Aaron and Polly coming soon. <laughs> we're, we're in which Paul explains everything about the XFL to Aaron, and he are, listens disinterested. Are, are we queuing that up before <laughs> or after our Jellystone podcast? Oh, way after. Okay. okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do want to say the Battlehawks so far have won two out of their first three games. Yeah, and they lost. They're doing pretty to good. DC. Yeah. Yep. That's my team. Good defenders, DC defender. What is the defenders' record right now, Paul? Three and out. Nice. Nice. Yep. All right. Well, and the nice thing is there's such a small number of teams, that, and I mean this seriously. It's kind of nice to be able to keep track of everything, right? You don't have yeah. to spend hours figuring out what's going on with all the different uh, the teams in the league. It's like a comic book reboot versus hopping in on issue, you know, ten thirty five on of something. Yeah. Well, I mean, is, it, with, is, uh, is it like Heroes Reborn? You know, <laughs> no, nothing, more of a Jim Lee, nothing's Rob like Lightfield Heroes Reborn. Thing? Do they all have little feet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Heroes Reborn. I thought you were talking about the actual reboot of the, or the whatever, the requel that they did at the Heroes TV show. Because uh, I think that was called Heroes Reborn. Uh, I think you I think you are correct. Oof, that was rough. Yeah, yeah. Paula, the 18th, the uh, Battlehawks get their rematch with the Defenders. Yeah, in, in your, St. Louis. In, in St. Louis. So that'll yeah. be that'll be a hell of a game. I know we're boring you, Aaron, but that's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back, Aaron. I'm gonna bring it back to you. <laughs> Let's talk about John Bernthal and the Punisher. Uh huh. Uh huh. You mean uh, American Gigolo? American Gigolo. John Bernthal. John Bernthal. Uh huh. Have, have you Have you seen that TV show? I have not. Oh, neither have I. I, I. I thought I was gonna ask you if it was worth my time, but there's yeah. a Punisher TV show. There, he's in it, but it's not about him punishing anything other than that booty. that that bottom. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about ass. right now? John Bernthal, uh, Punisher. <laughs> they announced this week that John Bernthal's Punisher would be coming to the new um, Daredevil Born Again TV series. Oh, okay. All right. That, that, that's where I was ultimately going with this before we got distracted by uh, he, Jigolonis. He, he's on that Showtime show, American Gigolo, right? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I maintain that it's 
American Gigolo colon the Punisher because he punishes <laughs> that ass. And so, and so is is Showtime? Is that one of those numbers uh, show uh, stations, the nine hundreds that are all scrambled unless you have the special adapter <laughs> put on the back? Well, no, apparently it's going to be part of your Paramount Plus subscription coming right. up because they're merging. Oh, okay, all right, <laughs> so you can watch American Gigolo Punisher because I, you know, I, the person that you want to see naked is John Barenthal. Is <laughs> <laughs> the Punisher. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, and I, I had saw I didn't notice that in, in what I was reading, but I did notice some sad news in the the discussion about the uh, news about the new Daredevil t- television show about two uh, my personal favorite characters who aren't coming back. Yeah, I, I it, that really upsets me. Yeah. I well, love I'm wondering if that's, that's a current state kind of thing, right? Because the so they, they announced that Deborah Ann Wall. Well, I shouldn't say it was. I don't know. It, Deborah Ann Wall and Eldon Hans, Henson. Um, yeah, Foggy, Foggy and Karen. Yes. Foggy and Karen are not currently part of the cast for the Daredevil Born Again. But I've got to imagine the answer is probably yet. I hope you that's can't exclude literally two of the full three main characters. And I understand, you know, they may be going for something different, but you're not really because you're bringing back the same right. Kingpin, Daredevil and Punisher. You can't not have Karen and Foggy. I'm going to imagine that what we're seeing here is that maybe Daredevil has skip town you know is on a you know maybe for the first half of the season well, or well, maybe 20 episode season right maybe maybe daredevil's out west hanging out with jen walters uh in la and then uh you know eventually comes back to new york That's did you my say thinking. 20 episode season is that he confirmed? Did. yeah that is confirmed wow seriously yeah it's a lot wow. That's that is I, a, lot. a lot i just hope they aren't going to just recast the characters because I love Deborah Ann Wolf. She's God. She's fantastic. Oh, yes. yeah. So is Foggy. Yeah. I, I mean, I really, I, yeah, exactly. I could have had a Karen and Foggy show, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. I, I, that's how much I liked those. Characters. Well, a lot of time in the De- uh, Daredevil show, it was you had the two storylines. You had the Daredevil storyline, and then you had Foggy and Karen doing their whole complete different uh, thing mm-hmm. over on the and uh, the B storyline. Yeah, and they were so compelling. Yeah. They were fantastic. So, yeah. Well, and you know, this 20 episode season, I'm, I'm, I've got to imagine it's going to be one of those seasons that's probably broken up a little bit. So yeah. it's almost, it's, it's probably going to be two seasons, but yeah, they're announcing it as 20 episode season kind of thing. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm they do 10 and that. 10, that, that I'm sorry. Let me clarify yeah. 18 episodes. Nonetheless, they, it's they still do nine and nine. Season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's going to be Disney plus. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, now Disney plus has implemented those, uh, Parental lockouts. Yeah, the parental lockouts. Yeah. Yeah. Now, actually, I can't watch the original Netflix series because I haven't gone in and set up my parental lockouts. (laughs) 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 I keep meaning to take a few minutes and do that. Regan's got got you locked out. Is I guess maybe. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, no, John Barenthal asked for you. Yeah. Yeah, No gigolo for you. This is uh, you know too shocking. Andrew, <laughs> <laughs> he'll get he'll get he'll get worked up and then he'll uh-huh. be able to sleep and then Paul will have to call and t- read him a good night story. That's right. And now we're and now we're back to the lipstick. Well, yeah. Next thing you know, massive <laughs> erection. <laughs> yeah. Full as circle. of right now, if I turn on Disney Plus, it's probably going to be either watching Bad Batch or Mandalorian. Yeah. I, can 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 I just say I watched Mandalorian last night and yeah. every time uh, Grogu makes that little noise. I always feel like he's making in his shorts. I just, I, I'm just like, when do they check that guy's diaper? <laughs> you know, because I just always feel like there's a dirty happening. I feel like he uses the force to clean himself. Yeah. So speaking of Groku, have you guys gone out to Google and searched the Mandalorian? 
I no. Not if not you put recently. in. All right, if you go to Google and search The Mandalorian, a little Grogu comes on the screen on the bottom right. And if you click on him, he uses the force to rip the articles that are being returned off the screen and drop to the ground. It is adorable. Oh, snap. I'm looking at it right now. While we're podcasting, looking at it live. That's always compelling, compelling podcast, Paul. Yeah, (laughs) I found found out about that this week. Oh, that's so cool. It works on your phone, too. (laughs) <laughs> we're all doing it <laughs> compelling <laughs> podcasting awesome. well you I, I am not caught up on the mandalorian yet nor I, I i saw the first episode i have not seen the second episode because um the social media did not tell me that it was something that i needed to drop everything and watch from a spoiler yeah. you needed to drop everything and watch oh well, by the way well now i'll watch it I, i'll do that while we're podcasting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I got to say, yeah, it was very satisfying. I very much enjoyed the second episode. So, massive erection. The yeah, massive erection with the first episode about uh, characterization of Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm. I think they they handled this episode. I, I think so too. I think they they remediated uh, and 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 put a put a big old salve on that. So uh, I dug it. I, I dug this episode a lot. There's so much to like about this episode. All right. Well. I, 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 I mean, obviously, I'm going to watch it, but right. you know, this this week was a week of returns, and the, you know, you, you I, dear listener, you can't see our outline, but you know, there were there were a couple of things that were announced this week that we have yet to have a chance to talk about, which is that after 22 years, we we complain about delays in comic books, but after 22 years, Battle Chasers from Image Comics and Joe Matarira is finally reaching issue 10. Um, so issue nine of Battle Chasers came out in August 2001. Now, Battle Chasers was one of those cliffhanger books, um, you know, that that uh, included Danger Girl, Crimson, Battle Chasers, right. um, you know, those types of things, like J. Scott Campbell, Umberto Ramos, you know, lots of those guys kind of got their start in or, you know, launched that, that cliffhanger um, from Wildstorm, it was like a really liked cliffhanger a, for 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 a fast moment. It was a, oh yeah, I mean Danger that, Girl was fantastic. Yeah. I loved a Danger. Crimson Girl. was great. Oh, Crimson was great, and I appreciated that it had an ending. So you know, I got I got the whole story, and it, you know, within the span of a few years, like two years, I didn't have to wait, um, you know, twenty years for the next issue. Right. But yeah, you know, Joe Matarira, you know, he he got distracted. He became a video game designer. He he was slow to begin with. Um, but, but now battle chasers issue 10 is coming out from image comics and I'm excited about it. I am super excited about it. Um, you know, it all, it also includes varying covers from J Scott Campbell, Umberto Ramos, Chris Boccolo. He was another one of the, uh, cliffhanger creators. And so did you guys ever read battle chasers back in the day? I did not. That the was not, main, not what I read. The main thing I remember of battle chasers is that, uh, I felt like, uh, red Monica was going to have lots of, of back problems as she got older. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope that's still yeah. the case. Oh, I gosh. never read any of it. She's well, had breast reduction surgery since. I hope so. I hope so. Well, you know, you can, the battle chasers anthology, they're going to re-release it. Uh, so, so you can, you guys can get caught up. In I mean, I probably will. I will probably check it out because I, I have vague memories of enjoying it. Um, um, but the art was very much in that style of like Danger Girl and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, little... if nothing else, I mean, let's be honest, it's written by, you know, it, it very much has the writing style of 
of like an old uh, of like a an, a late nineties image comic. Yeah, right? exactly. That's um, a good way. To so so don't think that you're gonna get. It was the first issue came out in nineteen ninety eight. Um, so don't think you're gonna get Shakespeare here. But the art was sure pretty, and I'm I'm very excited about it coming back. I it's you know steampunky fantasy. It's a it, I don't know, I think I think it's a fun book, and I'm excited about it coming back. I'll check it out. Uh, like I, said, I have vague memories of enjoying it. Um, I remember there was a giant badass golem. There was a wizard. Um, I think there was a little kid. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. That, that's about the extent of my memories. All these things are true. Okay. And the final bit of news. Well, actually, no, there's more news. I have so much news to tell you guys, and I'm excited to tell you. We're excited for you to tell us, Paul. Well, you know, when HBO Max, you know, when Discovery acquired Warner Brothers and all the shenanigans happened about things that were getting canceled and all that stuff. One of the unfortunate victims of that was Batman Caped Crusader, which was the new animated TV series from J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves, and Bruce Timm that was announced around the time that the Batman movie came out Mm -hmm. um, with uh, Robert Pattinson. And so, you know, all hyped, you know, it it had classic Bruce Timm designs, really looking forward to it. And then um, Discovery Warner Brothers basically scrapped it as an HBO Max show. I do um, not understand that. And yeah, right. the, so the, basically the intent of the, you know, what, what Warner Brothers was saying at the time, or Discovery Warner Brothers, whatever, the, I think it's Discovery Warner Brothers, um, had determined is rather than producing these shows for ourselves, you know, for HBO Max, let's see if we can farm them out and sell the rights to other streaming services so that we can actually make m- more money off of these than we would if they were on our own service. And so that's, you know, most of that stuff went nowhere, but Batman Caped Crusader this week was picked up for a two season order from Amazon prime. And I so, think that's great. I just yeah. don't under, I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to keep your, your, uh, primary your characters like that, your brand at home yeah. as exactly. a, as a way to, it, it's like, you know, Paramount Plus, if they started farming Star Trek out to everybody, yeah. you know, I'm super that. excited the show is coming because I want to see it. Same. Yeah. The whole idea of it not being on HBO Max is like the point of HBO Max is that's the only place to get this content. Right. I right. mean, it's, I already yep. am on the on the edge, ready to cancel HBO Max. And now that I know that Batman's not coming to it, I mean, I don't really see a reason for me to keep HBO Max. I would say for me, it's not, it's less of the original content for HBO Max as it is the HBO content that goes to HBO Max. So mm-hmm. like Succession, yeah, Last, Last of, of Us. Us. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's the sad thing for me is the shows I really liked of the HBO content and for other things like that. Like uh, I really enjoyed Westworld. Oh, yeah. That's not on there anymore. It's not so. on there anymore. I've got to imagine what HBO is thinking or what Discovery Warner. I mean, first of all, they're obviously thinking with dollar signs, but I think mm-hmm. what they're thinking is. We'll sell the distribution rights or, you know, we'll sell the rights for initial viewing to Amazon, make a pretty penny off of it. And then, you know, pull, they'll have it for it an exclusive yeah. of whatever, two, three years, and then they'll pull it back and then show it on HBO Max and, yeah. and you know, make more money off of it then. Two years after it's been out. Like, uh, I mean, how often do you go back and watch the old Marvel series after two years? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, know. if you only have HBO Max, right? I mean, I certainly don't. But if you only have HBO Max, who only has HBO Max? <laughs> Fair. 
so I'm just saying the uh, I, yeah. I mean, if you look at Disney, you look at Marvel. Uh, they just went through the exact opposite of pulling their shows back from Netflix back to be on their one, you know, all in one place, uh, a centralized brand. Uh, so you have to go to Disney Plus if you watch those shows or movies. Uh, and I got to say, if I'm going to bet on who I think is more savvy and whose stratagem is going to work best, I'm going to bet on Disney slash Marvel over Paramount right. slash DC. Yeah. yeah, I think their track record at Disney is way better in terms of financial decisions. I completely agree. Completely agree. But, you know, this is all part of a larger issue. You know, just a couple of years ago, the streamers were all telling you you couldn't spend enough money on programming, on original content. Yeah. And now all of that's kind of exploded and everybody's cutting what they're spending on original programming. I was And I was kind of thinking about it this week because uh, there are so many shows that are new that I'm watching, you know, like Last of Us, Star Trek Picard, um, uh, 1923. You know, the yellow all the various Yellowstone series. So there's there's all this fresh content that I'm watching. I'm a little concerned about, you know, when we get another year out where that, you know, uh, where we've kind of exhausted what's already been bought and we're into sort of the new financial state. What's going to happen then? You know, when there's not nearly so much fresh content out there, particularly that's, you know, fueling my genre interests. You know, because we're we're seeing just you know we're we're seeing stuff just getting slashed left and right. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's uh, the pendulum's definitely kind of swinging back the other way. Right. Yeah. Like you said, I think it's one of those things that they just they threw so much money into it. It's just very short sighted because mm-hmm. even we, I mean, anyone not in the industry would tell them, okay, like I understand you're investing three hundred million dollars in this Netflix movie, but why? You're not going to get more subscribers off of it. You're not getting advertising dollars. Like, where are you going to make your money on that? And, and yeah, every streamer did that, you know, throwing money after, you know, money after money after money into these new shows and movies and things like that. And at some point, you know, you hit the capacity of there's only so many streaming services and only so many subscribers you're going to get. Yeah. Right. New subscribers you're going to get. So then basically what happens is now you're just now now you're in a place where all you can do is to to make money is increase the cost of your streaming service or well, start yeah. farming out your existing content like Paramount is doing with the Star Trek movies and HBO is doing with their shows to other streamers. And, you know, what's or, kind of hilarious is one of the streaming services that I've started watching on the regular is Pluto, which is free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, watch it on Pluto. There, you know, they've got, I mean, a bazillion channels, and it's all, you know, uh, Pluto is largely, it's not on demand. It's like watching broadcast television, oh, okay. right? And so they'll, but they've got like two Star Trek channels. They've huh. got a Doctor Who channel. They've got, you know, uh, all these different genre channels, and it's not just they've got a Western channel. They got like twelve Western channels, right? Huh. I mean, it's it's crazy. And so, you know, if I if I'm just gonna, you know, be in the room and I'm, I don't have like an allotted amount of time, I'll just put on a favorite channel, you know. Yeah. Uh, but there's all kinds of great stuff on Pluto, and I'm I'm fascinated by it. And you know, there there is something to be said about just flipping, and you get random episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know. And it's kind of like when we were kids, right? And you know, you kind of discover that episode, 
you know, because somebody else put it on versus you plugging in your DVD or selecting a, uh, an episode from, from the streamer. Um, there, so I, I, Pluto I really also got does, Pluto also does offer on demand. Some stuff. I watched the original transformer series on yeah. there and huh. some of the other, uh, transformers cartoons. Yeah. Everything so, yeah. isn't on demand though, but they've got uh, yeah. all these just terrific. I, I love the channels. I do. I got to say, I, you know, the, like the other day, my wife and I were having a conversation about Chuck Connors on the rifleman. And I was like, huh. I think I'd like to watch the rifleman. And sure enough, <laughs> there's a rifleman channel. <laughs> uh, I think we're remiss, Andrew. We haven't, I haven't hopped into the, the Pluto. World. My main question is this doctor who channel is this classic doctor who or modern all of doctor it. who? All, all of it. I would go for a classic doctor who channel. Yeah. Yeah, because, Modern Doctor uh, Who is coming to Disney Plus. Yes, well, and we're watching on on HBO Max right now, but yes, it will be switching over to uh, uh, Disney Plus here yeah, in the near future. I am super excited about the return. Like, I quit watching during the last season of uh, Doctor Who because the writing was just so terrible. I but, still enjoyed it. Yeah, I did not. I just I had to quit watching it because the show kept making me angry. Mm-hmm. So the entire last season, <laughs> and you wouldn't of, like uh, him when he's angry. Yeah, the entire last season of Jodie Whittaker, I didn't watch because the writing was just horrible. I but I am excited disagree. about Moffat coming back and about uh, David Tennant's return. Yeah, I mean, Moffat's amazing, so I'm excited for his thing. But I, I, I thought there were some very good episodes uh, in the last uh, season with Jodie Whittaker. But, uh, yeah, now, we've lo- now we've lost Aaron again. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I just keep over? thinking Grand Moffat Tarkin. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Between uh, between football and and Doctor Strange, this is Aaron's least favorite podcast. I like Doctor Strange. It's Doctor Who. Or Doctor know. Who. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Moffat Show. Wow, what is wrong with Paul today? He's, He's calling, had a stroke. Uh, Paul's yeah. had a stroke. He's calling uh, John Kent Spider Man and <laughs> Doctor Who, Doctor Strange, and yeah. Well, let's see what else I can screw up. Yeah, can also, we trust any also, of the news he's giving us? Also, massive erection. <laughs> oh, <I mean>, duh. <laughs> Paul's not going to deny that. Yeah. No, never. So, you know, in, in comic news, more comic specific news, I don't know why there was so much news this week, but, you know, um, Dawn of DC is this ongoing publishing initiative throughout 2023 from DC Comics. We've already talked about some of the titles coming Green Arrow, Superman's already started, Brave and the Bold is coming, Shazam, a new Green Lantern book. Um, well, announced this week was that. Um, we will get the 800th issues of The Flash and Wonder Woman featuring all-star creative teams. The Flash will feature Mark Way, Jeff Johns, Joshua Williamson, Jeremy Adams, Todd Nauk, Scott Collins, Mike Diodato. So they announced that, you know, big all-star creative team on Flash 800. And then right after Flash 800, we will get a new Flash number one from um, the creative team of Simon Spurrier and Mike Diodato Jr. will be the new creative team um, on, on the Flash book. And, uh, Additionally, Wonder Woman will have a big 800th issue with, you know, Becky Cloonan, Michael Conrad, Tom King, um, and 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 others, which will lead to a new Wonder Woman series, Wonder Woman number one, written by Tom King with art by Daniel Semperi. I'm actually really excited about that. That is an interesting choice for a Wonder Woman creative team. I'm very, you know, I'm I'm, I'm excited but also cautious because the last time Tom King was on an ongoing series, it was Batman. Yeah. But, you know, we liked the beginning of it. It did start strong. Yeah. And, you know, I got to tell you, it's been a really long time since I've enjoyed a Wonder Woman, a regular Wonder Woman story. Like the uh, 
stuff that uh, Kelly Sue has written mm-hmm. in the um, forget the, the name of that of that uh, series she wrote. Uh, it's like three three great big books. Um, Historia. Thank you, Historia. Oh yeah. You know, and it's you know Wonder Woman adjacent, but uh, I loved that. But I the ongoing Wonder Woman st- series and the newer versions of Wonder Woman that we've had just have not interested me at all. Yeah, I not, have not enjoyed the regular Wonder Woman title consistently since Straczynski. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's it's been a while for me, and I'm so I'm eager to see somebody like Tom King who I know is a really good writer and, you know, he generally excels in the, you know, black label, not within current continuity space. Yeah. But I'm, I'm hoping I'm, 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 I'm optimistic about this. Well, and Daniel Samperi was the, the artist on the dark crisis series. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing I'll say about that, I liked about dark crisis. It, it looked the great. one thing I'll say about, I liked about dark crisis was the art. It looked great. It was it was a really good looking book. It just the the story didn't hold up. So I think you know I'm, I'm I think it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. Now I'm excited. I, I I can't wait for for uh for the new Wonder Woman. And so the story actually kind of kicks off in Wonder Woman 800. Yeah. So that's um, how they get you because both of these stories kick off with preludes in the 800th issue. Yeah. And then go into the the first issues. But you know I, I I'm you guys know I have Mike Diodato issues. I love Mike Diodato. But I, I think that's an interesting choice on the Flash, and so I'm going to pick yep. up both of these first issues. I think I yeah. am too. Uh, you know, I actually I picked up that uh, Flash One Minute War reprint this week, How's and that? I it's not great, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not awful. Um, I I I'm I'm sort of interested in it. You know, part of my problem is that I, I feel like the technology of the bad guys was not well considered. You know, it wasn't drafted well. Um, so it just kind of looks like, you know, random shapes as opposed to looking like, you know, something really thought out. And they're on the page too much for me to go, to, to just let it go. Yeah, um, I am so sorry. That's where you jumped into Flash, Aaron, because uh, as much as I have loved the Flash series, I mm-hmm. am I do not like this storyline. Well, and, you know, they they uh, <laughs> they put together like three issues, I think, in this reprint this week. And it keeps referring back to other stories that were not included in the reprint. And I'm like, well, maybe put those things together, you know, if they're important to this story. I am so glad I didn't buy that issue this week though. Cause I yeah. almost did not knowing it was a reprint. Ah, yeah. and I have the, I have those regular issues. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah. you know, I enjoyed it enough. I'm not going to be seeking out the other parts of the story. No, but you know, I'll, I'll just wait for, for 800 and the new number one, but Aaron, sir, I don't know if you saw Steelworks number one is coming from Dawn of DC. No, I did not see John that. Henry Iron Steel. You know who's writing the book, Aaron? Oh God, who? Legendary actor and the voice of Steel from the classic Superman the Animated Series, Michael Dorn. Really? Will be writing the Steelworks huh. book. I'm that not is sure a, how I feel about that. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen him write a comic book, but. I'm fascinated. I mean, because yeah. he's got that, you know, he's got that credit, obviously, as as having been the voice of Steel, but and, and of course, Worf, right? But right, writing a comic book, I'm I'm fascinated with that choice, and I'm very much looking forward to to giving that issue a shot. I hope it is good. 
For those of you who want to hear more about our massive man crush on Michael Dorn, please click over to uh, Star Trek with Aaron and Polly, where uh, Paul and I wax nostalgic and, uh, you know, have our share our man crush on, on Michael Dorn, who, you know, is 70 years or older and looks amazing. Yeah, he looks better <laughs> than I do. He's a handsome God, man. I'm, well, I mean, you know... <laughs> He is a vegan and, you know, takes care of himself. And I mean, God, he probably looks 50. Uh I mean, I'm not going to do either one of those things. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, Paul's going to die with a rib in his mouth, you know, (laughs) a a rib in his mouth. (laughs) I mean, he's going to die because he choked on a rib. Yeah, (laughs) but not a rib. No, (laughs) just just a rib. But. McRib. Now you're making me hungry. (laughs) I mean, you're talking to a guy that literally has a McRib hat sitting within (laughs) arm's reach of myself right now. Well, you know, it's a little bit of of non-spoiler, a little spoilerish, Aaron. This is not the last reference to Michael Dorn I'm going to make in this episode of Funny Books. Look out. Yep. Okay. Fasten your seatbelts. And the last bit of news that I'll talk about so we can actually talk about comic books and get the show on the road is that the new Incredible Hulk series? So I think Aaron, you're you're still reading the Donny Cates, um, Ryan Otley, yeah, or Ryan Otley. It's Dian, Donny Cates, Ron, Ryan Otley, uh, uh, Hulk, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's wrapping up, I guess, in the next yeah, few months. Soon, yeah, um, because they they have announced that a new Incredible Hulk book is coming from Philip Philip Kennedy Johnson. That dude writes. I feel like he's writing 25% of the books on the market nowadays right, right. Um, with art by uh, Thor's Nick Klein, the guy mm-hmm. who's doing the Thor book with um, Donny Cates. Right. Um, it's going to come out on June 21st and it's going to kind of call back to the, the more um, horror era right. of immortal Hulk. Right. Um, but so I, I guess a little bit less science fiction adventure, like you're kind of getting from the current run. Um, and more based on the uh, the horror Jekyll and Hyde elements. I uh, I'm not real wild about this idea because I've not enjoyed the recent forays into horror with the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, you know, there used to be a a, a time where Bruce Banner was a good guy, and yeah. he hasn't been in a really long time. I'm not saying that he's you know a villain. But there used to be a time where, you know, you could count on Bruce Banner, right? You know, that mm-hmm. he was helpful, that, you know, he wanted genuinely good things for for people. And he just you know, wanted to be left alone so he wouldn't have to hulk out. And I miss that because everything I have seen of Bruce Banner in forever has been he's kind of a terrible person. Yeah. Crazy. And, mad scientist Bruce Banner. Yeah. And, yeah. I, you know, there's a part of me that likes the mad scientist. Uh, but I, I just, I, I keep going back to when I started reading the Hulk and, you know, Bruce Banner was just, just trying to get by, you know, he was just, you know, I, I understand I got this Hulk problem and I just, you know, people just leave me the fuck alone. (laughs) You know, I could, uh, I could just, you know, not have to Hulk so much. Um, I miss that. I miss that, that, that part of the character. And, um, so I'm, I'm a little dubious about where we're going to go with, you know, Hulk horror. Even I, though they're um, they're returning us to original titling, you know we're going back. It's we're not Immortal Hulk, we're not the Hulk. You know we're gonna we're going back to Incredible Hulk, which in my mind is more super heroic 
So it seems a little counterintuitive to call it the Incredible Hulk when it's going to be horror. Yeah, I for me, I'm I wish there was a little bit more consistency mm-hmm. in in the interpretation of the Hulk. It feels mm-hmm. like you know we get a new volume every year, which is standard for Marvel. Right. You know, every character gets like twelve to fifteen issues, and then there's a new number one. Whatever, that's just how Marvel plays it. It's fine with right. me. Um, we've gotten used to it for the last ten years. But now we're kind of dealing with, you know, but in most of those characters, at least you, you have consistency in interpretation of the character. The core concept remains the same. Captain America is always Captain America. Iron Man's always Iron Man. It's just different situations. But I think with Hulk, it feels like the Hulk is a different character in every volume. It's not the same Hulk that we know and love in a new situation. It's a different Bruce Banner. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's essentially different, an know, entirely Hulk. different character. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I always well, th- that's, I can it, accept that with the Hulk to a degree because they're different personalities. I can't with Bruce Banner because right. it's not supposed to be a different personality. I have never been able to reconcile the Bruce Banner that we see in Planet Hulk versus all the other Bruce Banners that we see elsewhere. And to your point, I mean, they just keep reinventing him. Uh, and the. As much as I'm enjoying the current storyline with Donny Cates and Ryan Otley, and it is balls out fun. I'm really enjoying it. But the person who is Bruce Banner in that story is a terrible human being. And I really feel like, you know, what what they have done is shifted that Hulk is the good guy and Banner is the bad guy. And I think they're they I, my preference is that they're both good guys. They're just different. You know, uh, it it is not so much Jekyll and Hyde. It's, you know, Hulk is a rage machine and, you know, you know, Hulk is going to Hulk and, you know, Banner is, you know, logic and reason. And he's trying to contain all that so that, you know, you don't have, you know, wild and crazy destruction. Yeah. Yeah. I like my Hulk as misunderstood, maybe a little cranky, but not outright a bad guy or. Exactly. And so that's what that's what bothers me. I don't. I, it just really bugs me that interpretation of Banner. So. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. Well. Well. Speaking of new volumes, we actually have a, a couple of new volume comics to talk about this week. A, a few number ones this week to talk mm-hmm. about. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I have been very excited to chat about Adventures of Superman, John Kent, with you guys from I, Tom can, Taylor and Clayton Henry. Before we jump into that, can we talk about the preview cover for Superman Lost? From Christopher Priest and Carlo Pagulian. Uh-huh. Boy, doesn't that look hot? It does, but I, I, Christopher Priest is tough for me, man. He is. He is. <laughs> I, I get it, but I'm. this just seems very uh, John Byrne, George Perez to me. I uh, hope so. I, I just that, – that, that, that cover got me. I was like, oh, yeah. Give me some of that. <laughs> <laughs> this, was this – oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I, that looks awesome. Yeah, I didn't I mean, catch it when I read it because I was just skipping past for the comic. Right. It's a 10-issue series. Super I'm going to give it the first issue. I'll give it the yeah. first issue. Yeah, it starts this month. I'm excited. I, I'm just like, oh, yeah, give me, give me that. <laughs> but well, I, uh, Superman book. I, uh, I dug this book a lot. In fact, I thought this book was fantastic. Uh, it is uh, the Into the Multiverse, the Road to Injustice uh, in the dawn of DC, featuring uh, one Mr. Jonathan Kent, um, we open up on you know the the pages of an alternate Earth with uh, 
what do we call him? Uberman? Ultraman. Uh, Ultraman, thank you. Um, you know, he is hunting down all the Kalels across the multiverse and killing them. Yes. And I just I it opens so gnarly. Um, we get some great pages throughout the book. Um, I, I, I just, this book is so cool. Can we know? talk about something that I had forgotten? Yeah. So first of all, Val Zod's in this book, which just, as soon as Val Zod showed up, I was like, ah, oh. massive erection. Massive erection. <laughs> exactly. Um, I had forgotten that our favorite arc in that earth Two saga was mm-hmm. actually written by Tom Taylor. Yeah. You know, Tom Taylor took on when, you know, the Val Zod stuff and there was the evil Superman and, mm-hmm. you know, the Batman and the Red Tor. Like it was we like I think James Robinson started the Earth 2 book, but it really took off for us when Tom Taylor took it over. And that was That's before right. Tom Taylor was Tom Taylor. In the Justice, Tom Taylor. And, yeah. you know, deceased, you know, Superman Tom Taylor. Um, so seeing these characters, I, 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 you know, I, I looked and I was like, oh, yeah, I had forgotten about that. And I you know, about Red Tornado. two characters. You know, I had forgotten who Red Tornado was in Earth 2. Yeah. I mean, you completely forgotten about it until the pages of this book. And so you've got, spoilers, Red Tornado in the Earth 2 book is Lois Lane. She becomes the android. Uh, uh, you know, her consciousness moves into that body, you know, after she dies and after, you know, her Superman dies. And so you've got Red Tornado Lois Lane meeting Lois Lane. And I got to tell you, that's a real moment in this book. Yeah, I, I loved seeing Red Tornado Lois Lane return. Yeah, no, I did. And I, again, I just completely had forgotten who she was. I read those stories, loved it, but it's been a while. And yeah. I was just like, oh, this is so good. This book is so good. Frankly, I was if, if so, an Earth 2 book comes out of this, <laughs> written by Tom Taylor, I'm, I'm first in line. Yeah, same. So same. I was not as impressed as you were, and I thought it was okay. Uh, I hated another reference to Lazarus Planet. I, I'm sick of Lazarus Planet. I didn't I, read I, it. I, I didn't want it in my books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I think it was a good start. I'm excited about the series. I'm excited to see where it goes. But I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't wow me, but I did enjoy it. Well, I only have one complaint about this book. Are you ready? Are you braced? Yep, braced. There is some dog continuity concerns that I have. Uh, there is a panel. With Barbara Gordon, uh, you know, talking to Jonathan Kent. She's at her computer and there is a dog next to her who is too big to be Bitewing. Oh, yeah, that's not Haley. Yeah. Yeah. Who the hell is that? Well, I I think that I'm wondering if the reason why this dog is so large is maybe this takes place, you know, more than a year from the current books. But I don't think it does. Because that is Haley. Because it's only got it's missing the arm. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sitting there going, that's not Bitewing. Bitewing better not have been affected by Lazarus Planet. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be a line hard too far. out. Don't, don't give me an adult far, You already gave me an adult uh, Superman. Don't give me an adult Bitewing. That's right. We still yeah, have so, long time to enjoy the puppy. <laughs> initially, I was disappointed that this was going to be Ultraman as the villain until the reminder that he was the one that basically cost Jonathan all those years. Right. And yep. that makes it personal. So I, and they did, I they now did a, am happy. They did a really nice job of refreshing us on that weight, right? You know, to, yeah. to, to really say, you know, it's not just random villain. Jonathan has, you know, a, an issue with this guy. Yeah. This is his boogeyman. That's right. Yeah. 
That's right. Well, and I like that, you know, it's a first issue. So while it is certainly tied to continuity that is years old, I appreciate that, you know, the, the, the summaries got you caught up relatively quickly. Um, I, you know, I got to say one of the things I like is kind of like we've seen in other creators, we, we've got kind of a little Tom Taylor universe, sub mm-hmm. sub-universe going yep. in the pages of DC Comics because he's referencing stories that he wrote, you know, five plus years ago. So it's kind of like, oh, okay, there's, there's, there, you know, obviously this wasn't the plan all along, but it's nice to see that continuity. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate besides Valzad, you know, proving himself by helping that they call in somebody to vouch for him. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of appreciate that. That, you know, I've got someone here on this earth that can vouch for me and it wasn't really needed, but it is an extra touch because when you're dealing with multiverse, it could easily be someone trying to trick you. Yeah, I dug it. I, I think it's. I think it was a strong first issue. I can't wait for the next one. Is yeah, this am, monthly, Paul? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I agree with it being a strong first issue. I'm looking forward to the rest of the story. I wish I was blown away as much as you, Aaron, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, I. I, I it surprised me how much I liked it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward the to it. Continuity it. issues. <laughs> Despite, yeah. So. You know, speaking of continuity, we've got this new Predator series, and we never talked about the conclusion of the prior Predator series. God, it was so good, and I realized I had not read it, so I read it. You know, in, in you know prior to this new launch, this new Predator book, um, same writer Ed Brisson, new artists. Um, you know, because the prior book had just Kev Walker, gorgeous, Kev Walker, which just gorgeous art, and and yep. ended so satisfyingly. Um, you know, I, that 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 previous Predator volume. From Ed Brisson and Kev Walker, highest possible recommendation. Oh yeah. yes, definitely. Um, it totally caught me off guard with how good it was. Now this new Predator book, you know, same writer again, Ed Brisson, but new artist, which I will say, you know, so significantly different. Nitho Diaz, but not bad, just very different. Not very, Kev Walker. Not right. Kev Walker. Not yeah. bad. Um, kind of a Mike Diodato style, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> but um i'd say more know, brian hitch to be perfectly honest i could see that yeah i yeah. could see brian hitch yeah. yeah and so this new predator book very much um you know for anyone who's familiar with the predator franchise kind of you know takes a concept that was established in predators the movie predators which was the third one i think yes. um which is that the predators will actually take take um prey from different planets and put them on a gaming reserve right. and, and hunt them on their own, you know, on, on, on this preserve um, rather than hunting them, you know, in the city or on their home planets. And so, you know, it, it's very much set in that kind of concept. So what'd you guys think? Andrew, well, I was a little confused to start uh, as you know, they talked about soldiers, but you know, a lot of these guys aren't wearing uniforms, but they do a good uh, job explaining that once you have a moment of downtime, I, uh, you know, lots of gore, if you like that type of thing. Uh, lots of brutal deaths inflicted by the Predators. Uh, but really, for me, the best part of the book was the uh, last page. Yeah. yeah. The last page is why I'm coming back for issue two. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if we want to spoil that. but I think, uh, we, sp- I think we spoil it just yeah. so that folks understand. So, yeah, spoiler data. warning. That's right. Theta shows up on the last page. Uh, so essentially you have these soldiers in this hunting preserve being, you know, uh, murdered by predators. And then uh, Theta shows up with a classic, you know, if you want to live, come with me uh, type moment. So 
Uh, loved it. One little thing I would have liked to see from the art, uh, I think missed opportunity when the giant uh, dog-like monster is about to get its head exploded. Uh-huh. Uh, they should really have put uh, three little red dots on the kind of the back of the yes. head where you could see in the panel. Yeah. They, they should have put that little clue in for the, the astute uh, observer to be like, oh, God. And then you look at the next panel and then uh, head explodes. I, the only complaint that I have about the book is the way Theta is drawn on the last page. If you had not told me that was Theta, I wouldn't have known that was Theta. Because, because, number one, she looks like a man. She has a lot more hair. Yeah, well, and I mean – she is and i know that this is part of keb walker's style but i think when that's how you know the character you have to emulate keb walker's design choices yeah a little bit you got to work that into your style but she seemed much shorter this person seems huge yep um and you know she was even shorter in the predator armor right i mean she she didn't have that, you know, overpowering physique that the predators have, even though she's wearing the predator armor. Yeah. Um, and so I'm had, had the character not said, hi, I'm Theta. Um, I would, I would have gone, who the hell is that? <laughs> if I yeah. would have read it, I would have got to that, but still said, who the hell is that? Cause I have no <laughs> idea who Theta is. <laughs> Well, it, there has been some period of time because uh, uh, well, Paolo, uh, the guy with her. Paolo, yeah. If I remember right, at the end of uh, the previous series, he had he was his head was shaven, um, right. and he has quite a lot of hair now. So some amount of time's gone by, but sure. it'll be curious to see once you know uh, in the next episode when she's drawn on a level with everybody, uh, if if she kind of retains this physical impressiveness she probably will it was probably just the art style but yeah uh, we can hope maybe it'll be a little bit more kev walker theta yeah well i'm excited for it i thought i thought this was a you know despite my complaints about the last page i i think the book was terrific uh, i love that we're that it's we're not just snatching up folks uh and dropping them on the you know hunter reserve we're snatching folks up from different time periods. Yeah. You know, you yeah. got folks from the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. You know, you, you've got all these just different walks of life. And I love that, you know, you've got you know, all these guys from different military organizations and then the guy who just walked out of the pub. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I walked out of the pub. It's probably like mafia or mob or something. Yeah, right. Right. Like, there's no way he's just a guy from the pub. Right. He's a but, soccer hooligan, Paul. <laughs> One of the most dangerous creatures on the planet. Yeah, uh, I, I I dug that a whole lot. Yeah, the uh, yeah I enjoyed that as well. The mixing of the different different times. I also enjoyed the cowardice displayed by our our friends from the U.S. Uh, the husband and wife pair. Uh, I enjoyed yeah. seeing their uh, very human but cowardice. Like oh, we gotta go, screw yeah. these up people. Yes, yeah. it's time to GTFO. Uh, well, and what I also I, I want to clarify for our dear listeners who haven't perhaps read this book but are on the fence about it, we're not talking about time travel. We're no. talking about predators who have captured these folks over time, and they're only now thawing the, these guys. So you know, it, it's like they're always picking up people, and then they just thaw out some, you know, on the random. Well, for yeah. the for, for the holidays when they're going out to the honey preserve for the weekend, yeah, that's they got right. a they got it's it's essentially the predators have a wine cellar mm-hmm. full of dangerous. That's uh, right. Yeah, uh, full of frozen organisms. humans. Which yeah. I you know you, you mentioned that because at first I was like, 
hold on, are they going to implement time travel in this Predator continuity? And right. then they, they immediately were like, no, here's nope. what it is. You know, yep. cryo-freeze. I'm like, okay, that, that has already been established as a thing in the Predator. Right. Now I'm okay. Yeah. Because I was about to be, I was about to call shenanigans. Right. right. Yes, yes. I yeah, would have called if, shenanigans too. If Predators have time travel, we are all screwed. Game yeah. over, man. Game, <laughs> over. Game over. Yeah. Game over, man. Well, if I had a time travel machine, uh oh, I would have time traveled to Wednesday and smacked the iPad out of my hand <laughs> prior like to it. purchasing Amazing Spider-Man so 21. If you had a time travel machine, you wouldn't go back in time and kill baby Hitler. No. You'd go back to, to New Comic Book Day and stop yourself from buying the Amazing to, Spider-Man. To save yourself yes. seven bucks. You, yeah, you'd I go mean, back and save yourself seven bucks. I mean, I'm not going to kill a baby, but I might go pick up Aaron so Aaron can. I might kill teenage Hitler, whatever, right? You know, kill 21 year old Hitler. Get him while he's it in can't jail. The course of history, Andrew, that just Can screws just, everything up. Then you come back and people have four ears. And what are you going to do? Know, then, so, then what other hours. hard, hard thing would have happened? Can you what, just what? imagine goth emo teenage Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> i actually like this uh you know i'm not current i didn't read the dark web stuff i did read the hobgoblin story um kind of but but i skipped dark web but i enjoy this issue i uh wow what is wrong with you yeah well because <laughs> i've never heard of rabin before and i'm curious to see why he's murdering people uh he's got a distinctive egyptian flair which i kind of dig uh and and i don't know anything about him so i don't have any backstory or preconceptions about rabin and if he's in character or out of character i don't I remember is... him the original storyline okay and i don't care because i don't they gave me no reason to care about him. The art on his book was terrible. He shows up as this boogeyman in the present day. But when we see him in the past, he's just like powerful guy that's there tossing them around. And that's because you didn't go back and read it, uh, episodes, uh, issues 500 and some to 500 and some. No, I didn't. Yeah, I'm going to. <laughs> I, I read this uh, last night and I didn't have a chance. But I did like that's another thing. I like the editor putting in the notes like, hey, remember this guy? He was in these issues. Go back and check it out. And yeah. if you have both uh, Marvel Unlimited, you can just pop back and check it out. I hate the design of this for this being a big villain that changed everything. I am oh. not impressed. We don't know if he's the guy who changed everything. He may just be opening the way. He's the emissary. I, I suspect there might be something bigger coming. That's the actual it, thing that changed been, everything. It's Ben Cisco. Ben Cisco is in this book. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, <laughs> a very Andrew, different Ben Cisco. You will have to tell us if that's the case because I'm not giving them another dollar. That's fine. This was garbage. Wow. What did you not like about it? besides the art? Wow. I can I can understand your art, but everything. Give me what more, was there to more like about it? The hot there take. was no good dialogue. There's no good design. The art was terrible. You didn't like the dialogue? No. <laughs> I thought the dialogue was good. I enjoyed it. I liked, uh, you know, MJ and Peter talking before he shows up to ruin their day. Uh, I like how, you know, where Rabin's trying to be this deep, scary, apocalyptic guy. You know, Peter continues to be, you know, wisecrack and filling his mouth with web so he can't talk. I like the banter. I I don't know who you are anymore. Right. <laughs> I, I I you know I I did not care for this book. I didn't have the outright hatred for it. Um, but I I I just I just need this book to quit dicking us around. Like, it's we're we're twenty we're twenty whatever one issues in, 
and it just occurred to me, you know, I just Googled it, that it's we won't actually discover what Peter actually did until Amazing Spider-Man issue 26. Yeah, and this is 22? 25 and 26. This was 21. 21, all right. So this is a we have another six issues to find out what Peter actually did, even though it literally says it on the cover. You know, this is what you've been waiting for. Oh, they definitely I could definitely understand being upset with their whole uh, hide the cheese, keep moving it, uh, not letting you actually find out. And, and I think one of you, one of us has mentioned before, like, why even more bother telling the story now? Because everything's pretty much been reset. Yeah, it even says Peter has gotten his life back in the first yeah. page. Peter has got his life back on track. Um, but the shadow of what happened still looms over his life. And it's like, it does it though. I mean, other than his relationship with Mary Jane, which for, you know, whatever he's with black cat now. Well, so, right. Upgrade. So, you know, he's, he's, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, yeah, that's the thing. That's, that'd be my biggest problem is in the arts, a little uneven, but it's not, you know, that's kind of been consistent throughout this book. It, you know, it's, it's Ramita junior art. Some, some pages are good. Some pages are bad, but the other thing is that they should have just told this story with starting with issue one uh yeah. and moved forward this whole flashback to what happened it, it seems kind of pointless uh from a story perspective i'd rather see what happens with him going forward uh with him and felicia uh osborne yeah. all that kamala khan but they were uh, setting themselves up for disappointment because it there was never going to live up to the hype they tried to build so why tell it right just don't tell the story uh just move on with the current storyline just don't uh, do the stupid hype to begin with uh, yeah. Well, they get the I, second story, right? I think if you make it the second story, you're fine. But you know, you can't bury the cheese or move the cheese for 21 issues <laughs> to the point that even the characters have gotten over it and expect that I haven't gotten that I yeah. haven't already gotten. They need right? to tell it though, because we need to know where these kids came from. I don't think they need to tell it. I don't. I think they could have not told the story and been fine. So from a story structure perspective, I. I would agree that it seems somewhat uh, superfluous and unnecessary. But uh, as far as the actual issue, I, I enjoyed it. If this had been the first issue of the relaunch, I would have uh, continued to read. Or if it had been the second story, and I would have continued to read. But uh, so, so Wayne's out. Wayne's out. Paul's out. Is Paul? I don't out? know that I'm out. I'm, oh, I'm, Paul's, I'm, Paul's oh. on the fence. <laughs> wow, I'm you'd on the have, fence. you have would have squandered your time travel ability to go back to new comic book day and knock the iPad out of your hand well, instead of killing baby Hitler ability. in his crib. But you're going to pick up. It was two. my only time travel ability. No, no one said it was a one and done. Oh, it's, it's a one, one and done. done Paul. One and done. One friend. and done. Everybody gets that's one. Not what I'm, I'm still not killing baby Hitler, but who, who are you going to kill then? I don't know. I got to figure that one out. Who's on the list? <laughs> we go see teenage Aaron while he's yeah. playing laser tag. <laughs> no. And rob us of 10, 13 years of podcast brilliance. That's no. right. That's right. No, but I, I imagine Wayne's high on that list. <laughs> no. well, you know, I, I heard, I heard Aaron gas when I said Felicia was, a. Uh, uh, an upgrade from MJ. But just so you know, Aaron, MJ has been marked to be sacrificed. So it's not looking good for her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the record, nobody can kill Aaron before Knights of Rainsboro. <laughs> because right. we all so need to experience that. That's why we have delayed finishing up Knights of Rainsboro is to keep me alive. That's why he's yes. immortal. He will never die. Well, Paul, despite your... Uh, your your horrible judgment when it comes to, you know, utilizing critical time travel resources. What's coming out next week? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see the future. 
Um, <laughs> which is to say that uh, Superman Lost. There you go. The first issue of Superman oh. Lost from Christopher Priest and Carlos Bagulian comes out from DC Comics. First of ten. We also from DC Comics, we get the newest issue of Justice Society of America from Jeff Johns, Michael Jannon, Jerry Ordway, and others. I don't know, Paul. I don't I'm know. still on. I, I'm on, but you know, I I, I need something. I, I'm looking at you, DC Comics. I, uh, I I I am I am tired of the retreading of that same tire. So yeah. Get it right this time. All I'm saying. Uh, a couple of issues. Uh, a couple of interesting. Titles from Image Comics include No One, Issue 1, from Brian Buccalato and Kyle Higgins, which is a new uh, multimedia story thing. So um, the story is partly based in a comic book and and partly based in a companion podcast um, featuring Rachel Lee Cook and Patton Oswalt. So it's kind of like a... Mm. You know, you get some story here, some story there. I don't know if that it's, sounds like mm. something that would be really interesting to me, like before the pandemic mm-hmm. and something I'm not going to invest the time in these days. Fair. Well, maybe you can just invest the time in a singular comic book, which includes The Forged, number one, from Greg Rucka. The new Greg Rucka joint from Image Comics features uh, something about an eternal empress and a squad of planet smashing super soldiers. Oh, so this is not, this is not in one of his other continuities like Lazarus or, uh, the old guard. This is a whole new thing. Yeah. It's an over the top pulp adventure of sex, violence, and sci-fi inspired by Conan heavy metal. These are all the things I like. What? (laughs) (laughs) From Greg Rucka, um, Eric Troutman and Mike Henderson. So I'm I'm, I'm checked out first issue. You know, I love me some Greg Rucka. Who's putting this out? Image. Image. Uh, um, also from Image Comics, which I guess I didn't realize that they had started a new Nemesis comic from Mark yeah, Miller. I've been reading um, it. It's good. And Jorge Jimenez is on art. But and that, they've, that's they've more rebooted the origin. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Um, in fact, in the first issue, you know, he refers to the previous book and says, you know, kind of explains that that's not the real story. This is the real story. Meaning the character, you know, okay. Nemesis is telling you that. I like it. I like it. I've picked it up. I just haven't read it yet. It's good. I'll give it a shot. Um, from Marvel Comics, we get the newest issues of Hulk, which, of course, is, you know, like we mentioned, wrapping up its its run. And the first issue of Hellcat um, from Christopher Cantwell and um, Alex Linz. I don't the know artist. the artist. Not, not familiar with the artist, but yeah, Christopher but Cantwell, you know, he wrote that Iron Man book that I featured lo- Hellcat. Yeah, I love Christopher Cantwell, and I've I, I really enjoyed uh, Hellcat. So hopefully the, the art is, uh, is on par because I, I would like to enjoy some of that. One final comic from uh, Image that I want to mention is I've mentioned Dark Ride on this show before. Um, the Image comic from Joshua Williamson and uh, Andre Bresson is the artist on it. Yeah. Kind of a, a scary theme park book. Um, the first trade paperback of the, the first arc comes out if you if you wait for trade. Uh, do we know issues one through four? Do we know when Canary's coming out? Because that's going to wrap. It. We've got one more issue of Canary, right? Yeah, we do. I don't think it's next week, but I think it is soon. Well, and Aaron, I did say that th- that I was going to make at least one more reference. Oh, oh the final issue of Canary is April 18th. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, a ways. More than a month. Yeah. I, I did say that I would mention Michael Dorn at least one more time yes, ah. in this show. Because this week from IDW, we get the final issue of Star Trek Resurgence, the latest issue of Star Trek, uh, the adjectiveless Star Trek, mm-hmm. and the first issue Star, Star Trek, Trek Defiant. Defiant oh, from, fuck yes. Written by Christopher Cantwell and featuring um, a crew 
uh, led by Captain Worf. Very excited. Justifying. And if you're not listening to our hit Star Trek podcast, um, Star Trek and Resurgence are both fantastic comic books. Uh, I am I'm really eager for uh, the new Defiance comic book or Defiant comic book. So, well, yeah. and, and the cast of Defiant includes Worf. It includes mm-hmm. Spock and Lore and some other. It, it's kind of a uh, much like the other Star Trek book. It's kind of like a super band. Right. Yeah. Mm. Very good. Very exciting. Well, hey. We want to know what you thought about this week's books. Give us a call. Tell us about your massive erection. That number is 682-800-3494. That number, once again, 682-800-3494. If we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up, maybe a little bit more more uh, PG-rated, on our social media accounts. <laughs> um, IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You want to hear about our listeners' massive erection. I know Paul you do. is dying to hear about it. Let's That's right. But, but if you post it on social media, it's out there for everyone to hear. <laughs> just, just, just DM him. him. DM him. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, guys. Uh, great talking to you all today. We will do this all over again next week. And oh, oh, hold on. Hold on. I've got I'm something holding. for you. Breaking news. Next week starts our March Madness. Tell them what we're going to march and mad. Who? Who's going to tell them? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so we're going to have a matchup. Uh, you know, as we have done in previous years, we are going to pit some of uh, our favorite heroes against each other to see who would come out on top. This year, very excited. We are going to have members of the West Coast Avengers facing off against those uh, lovable, uh, uh, laughable f- uh, friends from the Justice League International. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, you know, come back next week to, to see who is going to reign supreme. It is a matchup that somebody somewhere demanded. Uh, yes. <laughs> probably, it's really, it probably the love child of what two people demanded, uh, actually. So uh, I take full responsibility for West Coast Avengers. That's right. <laughs> I take so full next responsibility week, for Justice League International. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> next week, March Madness, right here. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. Mm-hmm.